FM enthusiasts, welcome to Attention Undivided. We're here yet again. And this time, super excited. We have one of the great duos of 2021. We're talking about, I just gave, I just thought of a nickname for, well, King Micah, the infamous, doesn't need a nickname. That's a great, that has it all right there. He's the <laughs> MC. Uh, the, the casual confidence of the coolest kid in school. Mighty Healthy, the producer, I'd like to just start referring to as the unfair advantage. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's some producers, like I, I've definitely talked to some producers and been like, did you have trouble getting people to rap on this beat? It's so unorthodox. With, with Mighty Healthy beats, I always feel like, were people fighting in the streets over these beats? Like, there's, this is, I, I wish I, I could, I would solve a lot of Maine. I'm in Maine. I could solve a lot of Maine's rap problems by getting people in touch with Mighty Hell. <laughs> Appreciate that, man. It's uh, the unfair event. It's just beautiful. So King Mighty 2, I've been, I've been living with this album for probably, because I've listened to it for a while, but like living with it for like two weeks. <laughs> and uh, oh, nice. So it just kind of became like I'm, I listen to a lot of music. It kind of became the album I sneak in once I'm done. I have the albums mm -hmm. I need to listen to, I'm done. I'm like, all right, King Mighty 2. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, That's perfect. This week on the State of the Game, you must have saw a clip there. Um, mm -hmm. we had we had to talk pray for Haiti, Mac Homie, Navy Blue came out with the new Navy's reprise. I really enjoyed it. I was like, there's gotta be a third album that can hang with these albums because you can't just have like eh, you know, <laughs> and then this one. Um, so King Mighty 2 was the perfect person to the album to throw in the midst of that group. Uh, and it was it was wonderful. Uh so, I mean, I just wanted to talk to you because a lot of people are discovering your work through King Mighty 2. Uh, and when I listened to King Mighty 1, I was even more excited <laughs> to talk to you uh, about it. Talk to me about how King Mighty happened. Uh, King Mighty started off... Um... It was like my birthday weekend uh, out in Miami and um, my wife, who was my fiance at the time, she uh, she surprised me to this like um, producer um, meetup and everything hosted by Ilmine. And, um, you know, when I was playing my music, you know, um, you know, I was playing my music so everybody can feel my um, stuff and everything like that. And I was, you know, the kind of the the work that I had like um, before was pretty good, you know? Um, but when I heard Mighty Healthy, he was like one of the few, he was one of the, one of the, the producers that I was like, okay, this is why I'm here. So I can, so I can work with people like him, you know? And, 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 and likewise, you know, when I was there, you know, my, Michael was, was one of the only ones that I've heard. And I'm like, okay, I need to work with this guy. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. By the way, I, I don't think I introduced myself. I'm Dan O, the host of this thing. I'm saving up money to buy out the bar for 
Jihad Scorsese. That's that's my financial goal. Um, <laughs> Peace. So Peace. The I was it's it's interesting the so Michael when you when you heard Mighty Healthy for the first time you were like this is it this is what I need. Yeah. Um cuz like when um he played this beat called Marvelous mm-hmm. and everything and um I felt like me like because i make beats as well you know what i'm saying but to hear like what he was doing you know what i'm saying at the gate and then like just at, like he mighty healthy make the type of beats that make any real rapper start rapping once the beat is playing you know what i'm saying and so like when when he was playing that and everything like that, I came up with like four bars in my head. I'm like, yo, I got to work with this guy. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because like uh, it was a lot of other dope acts, but nobody like moved my moved my mind to start making rhymes. You know what I'm saying? So it was just I was like, OK, this got to happen. This is why I'm here. You know? Mm-hmm. No, that's that's awesome. And it's it's interesting because there's. There's so many different sounds around. There's so many different producers kind of doing their version of a classic kind of boom bap feel right. uh, at different tempos, at different ranges. There's like that Apollo Brown mid-tempo of it, mm-hmm. but Mighty Healthy is the ratcheted up, like it's time to test your car speakers, like version, right? Yeah, facts, yeah. facts. Yep. That's awesome. I could say I could say that. And uh, I can also say that, you know, uh, Mighty Healthy works in a space where he he doesn't really do like the the typical boom bap stuff as far mm-hmm. as like his production goes. And it's like, you know, um, he could put like I like I like like he gives me a challenge every time when I write to his beats because it's like, OK. How can I give these? How can I get these bars off? How can I get this, you know, this delivery off in a different format than last time? You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. I can attest to that. One of the things we talked about uh, was how important the intro, the intro is on King Mighty Two, um, mm-hmm. because it establishes kind of the dynamic, the first. King Micah being so confident in himself that he can talk about the beat over the beat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And just go full fourth wall, just, you know, hey, uh, here's where I was thinking, here's where's my head. And like nobody could pull that off. That's like something that's hard to pull off without sounding silly. But 25 in, that's when like the drum stampede happens Mm -hmm. and really falls. And you're like, holy shit, that's the mighty healthy muscle. Right. That was like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, mighty. You want to go? No, you're not good. I I like letting the rapper talk. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So the intro was, um, the intro, like the beginning of the intro was like my honest thoughts about the song, like the beginning portion of the song. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like, we've done a lot of like we had like a lot of tracks in prior um for me to finish out the intro 
And I'm like, okay, why am I not getting the intro off? You know what I'm saying? Why am I not getting the rhymes off or whatever like that? You know, and for me, it's sometimes a thin line between being like creative and honest. And I was just honest with myself, like, yo, this beat sounds so fucking happy. That's why I'm not, you know what I'm saying? That's I'm I'm trying to like I've I've been spending like countless hours trying to figure out how to be happy on a beat when I'm not happy. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So it was just like, I'm, I'm just ready to punch somebody, you know, and, off the fact, off the irritation of mm-hmm. me trying to write this, you know? So. And, 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 and it was funny because um, that beat was the first, that was one of the first beats I did for this project. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I already kind of had a vision of how I wanted the next project to sound. And I'm like, okay, I wanted to be like, oh, we're driving. He's driving off, and then the last project is playing, and then like some happy shit comes out of nowhere. Then it completely changes <laughs> up, and yeah, like that. I think that beat I had done last April, so that was like one of the first things we um, I put together for it. That's awesome. No, it 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 was honesty in art is really important. It really misunderstood, right? Because there's like a mm-hmm. A sense that you need to keep it real and you need to just you know everything you say you live and i don't think it has to be that way i don't think it has to live in the real world it has to live in the world you create exactly right? so you create mm-hmm. a world everything has to fit within that world you create so like that that intro is important because king mighty 2 is way too hostile for you to not have said what you said in the beginning of that intro. <laughs> right, 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 right. I feel like without that, you know, it, it it wouldn't set the actual theme of that the entire album. Because like from that point, it was just like you it's it's going, you know what I'm saying? It's it's a it's a like the world as you was describing, you know, it's the same world that we were trying to explain per track, you know. Yeah. And as, as I posted on Instagram, I wouldn't know about this album without Madam Money. So shout out to Madam Money. Uh, you know, Madam Money with the glowing shout review. Money. And then you popping and being like, this is one of the great rap sequels of all time. And I was like, all right, I can't just not listen to this. Like, I've got to weigh in at this point. <laughs> um, and I was, when I saw the track listing, I was mad at my timeline. I said, there's only three guest features, only three tracks on this that have guest features, and two of them are El Zion Guilty Fucking Simpson. How yeah. how is no one telling me about this? How you know that's insane. These people don't mm-hmm. show up for everybody. Right. They don't. <laughs> no. Right, right, right. It was so it's it's been a great, a great journey with it. And I was gonna talk to you first. Because yes, King Mighty One is totally different, and it is, uh, it has really kind of peaceful songs on it. Good day, why? It has these kind of reflective, uh, very relaxed songs on it, and I was so happy for both of you having heard the difference between the two, because mm-hmm. you didn't just make a great album that sounds great, because some if you make a great album and then another great album that still sounds like the first album, they're not going to really care about the second one that much. It doesn't have its own personality. 
Exactly. Right. right. You hit it right. on the you hit it on the head. That 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 was the theme for this whole project. You know, we wanted a we wanted a project with identity because a lot of a lot of a lot of acts, a lot of acts in our space, they don't think of that. They they just think okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get these beats, we'll get this guy to rap on it, we'll get the album cover that looks like a tarot card, we'll just keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there, there's just a lack of identity. And that, 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 that's something that was the theme for this whole project. Like, what, what statement are we trying to make? You know, how, 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 how should we blow the first project out the water? You know, because we could have very well kept doing the first project, but, sure. but why, you know? It would have been boring. Yeah, it would have been boring. You know, um, I feel like our motivation was to like, okay, we don't want to do another good day. We already have that. We don't want to do another um, just tracks from the original album. You know, like, you know how certain sequels like come off with like reminiscence of the first one, if it does well, we didn't want to do that. We wanted to do something completely left field and out of this world. You know what I'm saying? And that's what that was both in our minds and our hearts in creating King Mighty too. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and it, even the themes that carry over evolve, right? Turtles mm-hmm. Pace 1 to Turtles Pace 2 is a different, it's a different rumination, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me about the importance of the Turtles Pace metaphor. Um, um. I feel that for any independent artist, you know, it is, um, for me, you know what I'm saying? It is a race, you know? And I feel that um, the rabbit is like the the commercial, the mainstream um, personification of that. And the turtle is just the artist that's, you know, that is an artist, but is kind of like, running his own race at his own at his own speed which is perceived to be slow right. you know um i feel that in the long run um i'm going to beat that rabbit you know what i'm saying um because i feel like talent speaks for itself at the end of the day um actual talent you know and i feel that um the the uh, gimmicks, the the imagery and everything like that, that fades within time, you know, and I feel that uh, in order to maintain that status at that, you know, rabbit level, you know what I'm saying? You're going to have to keep continue to do shit that is not, is compromising yourself, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm not saying that all, you know, all like uh, record labels or anything like that is like the rabbit or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, is that the um, the integrity to do your own shit and be liberated in that, you know what I'm saying? It's it's more so you run it, you know, when you run in your own race, you know, and you know that it may not be as fast as other people um, and it may not be, and you know, it's not for the instant gratification. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's just for the, for yourself, you know what I'm saying? Because you love it, you know, and you know, the wins are going to come, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, like the, like the child story goes or whatever like that, the tortoise end up winning, you know what I'm saying? Right. So right. like to have, you know, Guilty Simpson and Elzai co-sign the album to have, 
you know, um, people, you know, hip hop legends that I'm a fan of, like Keith Murray, you know what I'm saying, reach out and everything like that. And then like um, the people within like the, the hip hop community, the independent community, and some of the mainstream, um, you know, folks, you know, just reach out and show love to that. You know what I'm saying? For me, that is the success. That is the wins and everything on top of, you know, the, um, all the other, all the other dope shit that come with it, you know? Yeah. No, a, uh, Mighty Healthy, what was the, what did you, when crafting the, the Turtles Pace 2, what did you want the sound to be different? How did you want the sound to be different so that it wouldn't get mistaken for the first one at all? Well, that's a good question. I, you know, the Turtles Pace 1 and 2, I, I feel like those are Micah's introspective joints. Mm-hmm. And so I, my job is to just find the things that sound like that. And, you know, the, 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 the sample I found with it was dope. And, and for me, I just feel like for Turtles Pace, like it just feels like just as long as the drums crack and like it just sounds yep. s- something that he could open up and be introspective on and you know that, that that that's what it's all about for me for the craft and that yeah yeah i mean to add on that add on to that on top of what you know um i mentioned i also like applied that you know the turtle's pace as in the sense of like it's it's not only just me it's bigger than me you know what i'm saying like other society issues that is going at a turtle's pace mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so you know you know what mighty healthy said is true you know what i'm saying it is like a a a track where i just zone out and like just you know just speak what's on my mind um i mean i do that on every other record or whatever like that but it's just more so like you get more of that you get the um yep. the conclusion of that that's awesome yeah no it, it as a as a writer you know, short stories plays all this weird stuff that i used to do when people would be like, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to get big doing this? I would always think about Franz Kafka, that like mm-hmm. Franz Kafka was just the nutty person in his town. Mm. Like he wasn't. And then he died and his family published his work and he's like huge over time. Right. Right. But over mm-hmm. time, he never got to see or enjoy. And that's like a normal story. A yeah. lot of the biggest writers that you were taught in English class, you know, they ended up like working at a bus station or something just like mm-hmm. until they died. But that's just what it is uh, because you never know. You just got to, you got to work for the work. Uh, right. And that's kind of, there's a big part of the theme that's about that and about how hard it is to stay centered doing good work when other people are kind of cheating their way up the ladder. Uh, with tricks and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, so to follow up on the Turtle Space question, if this was something we talked about in our discussion of the album, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because KM2 is the kind of album where the more you listen to it, the more you pick up. Uh, right. The more like connective, you know, lines that pay off, but also connect to other lines that pay off and start to build motifs um so do you consider km2 not conceptual partially conceptual or sneaky conceptual oh 
I'm gonna let uh, Mighty Healthy answer that. That's a good question, and then I'm gonna answer after him. It's yeah, it's it's conceptual without being conceptual. Like it <laughs> feels conceptual, you know. It, it 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 there feels like there. It feels like it feels immersive. It feels there's a world. If if you know, it, it has all. It evokes all these emotions, but it's like we're not really telling a story or anything but it feels like that and and, and mm-hmm. that that that's what i wanted to do on the beat side awesome and there's some like dose is uh, is that like the one minute track with the with the joe button audio yeah, yeah. into it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. that's like you are really good at like cutting the stuff up and ordering it in a way that does lead the story um and mm-hmm. i i greatly appreciate that what were you gonna say king michael i feel like um due to mighty healthy's randomness or whatever it um it really strengthened like it really sharpened me up as far as like um because i'm a i'm a rapper i can't rap without substance you know what i'm saying so it's just like more so like per track i was building a world within worlds you know what i'm saying from you know um based off like true moments true experiences and everything like that and then creating you know, creating these worlds within it. So um, how Mighty Healthy described his um, thought process of just like making like uh, gumbo or whatever like that, my lyrics can be perceived as just like the, like the specific spices that make the gumbo like spicy, delicious, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I like, uh, it's just, it's just two different workflows that just make fucking sense at the end of the day. And it's like, uh, it's, it worked, it worked on the first one, but I feel like the, um, we both can attest the first one was kind of introductory. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was really awesome for what it was, but it was, it was super introductory compared to, you know, us like really putting, grinding it out. You know what I'm saying? Like constantly over the phone, um, talking about like beats, song structures, ideas, you know what I'm saying? Like just shooting ideas um, to each other. It was a few, it was a few um, like things that I was like, yo, this should go in here. And then the next day, Mighty Healthy will put it on there. Perfect. You know, like yep. I can't, I can't teach somebody how to be a producer, but I can appreciate the fact that when I talk to Mighty Healthy about the things that I feel like how it should like blend in, if when he receives it well, he executed flawlessly. So, um, yeah, it's just for me, it's just a world within worlds. Like I like, like uh, I'm I'm big on creative writing and everything like that. So it's just more so like I just like to, you know, give you give you the the sneaky gems. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, like a um, on the uh, Kaioken verse, I'm a jeweler. I'm a clumsy jeweler that dropped gems. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and and that's what it is you know it's just the it's just me being infamously dope you know as far as with with my pen because i can work it you know no matter the circumstance and and mighty healthy the, there's a, like an organizational confidence in the way micah writes where he's he, he never sounds shaken is it fun to give him a really weird beat to test that on? Like I was listening to embellishment and thinking about that as well. That gets like a, on mighty healthy one. I'm just like, man, this is an interesting. You, you turn it up and then put it against his, 
his confidence. <laughs> and it's how fun is that process for you trying to throw loops at him? Micah's giggling because it's so much fun. It's so <laughs> much fun because um, because prior to this, um, Eddie, Eddie could answer this too, like, he wasn't making stuff like this at all. Like he's, Micah's a good songwriter. So, you know, it's structure, there's hooks, there's thing, you know, there's concepts and he's very good at them. And so because I know he's good at them, uh, I don't want him to do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I, 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 I know that you're comfortable in kind of the, the Apollo Brown, like right, kind of right, mellowed right. out kind of world. Let's mm-hmm. not do that. Let's do the opposite. Let's 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 get it like let's let's test the BPMs. Let's get aggressive. Let's let's try different things. Let's break structure. Like, uh, like I don't I don't think there was only uh, I think throughout this entire project there was only one song with the hook on it. Oh yeah, I was yeah. going to say there's only two that that are over three minutes. Yeah, and uh, two that are over three minutes. You know, right. uh, and and to to me that that's fun to me that. That, that 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 that's fun when an artist knows how to break structure and doesn't want to follow rules yeah you like you yeah, don't facts. you don't realize that the that the elzai song is only two minutes you're just like what you know because it feels like a full song like that is uh you're getting a lot yeah mm-hmm. so yeah well the so i was i consider uh km2 a statement album. This is like something to me that has a real definition to it. Like I, I, I don't throw out the term lightly. Statement album is kind of like, uh, you know, the latest one I talked about. This was Midnight Express with with Scorsese, Lord Jones, which the the way he raps on that is like, this is my moment and it's happening, or fuck it, you know. And he's just like going for broke. Uh, and it's the way Jay rapped on Reasonable Doubt that he never rapped like again, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be my testament. Uh, King Mighty 2 feels that urgent to me. Is that me putting that on you or is that real? Um, I feel it's, uh, I feel like it's, uh, it's really unbiased for you to say that. You know what I'm saying? I feel that um, to a certain extent, I feel that way too. You know, after, um, cause like after we completed the album and we released it a weekend, we was both like, oh shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wow, you know what I'm saying? Like um, due to the reaction, because it just went, it went nuclear, you know what I'm saying? We knew it was good. We knew it was a great album, you know, going right. in. But you don't really see how great it is until people just start, like, being drawn to it. Like, what is this, you know? Um, I feel like this is our what-in-the-fuck moment. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? You know what I'm saying? Who the fuck is this? Right. You know? And, and I can see how, you know, some people be in the game, you know what I'm saying? Like, some producers be in the game for longest you know what i'm saying and then like hear this album be like who the fuck are these guys you know um i i'm not for me it's uh for me it's just me at um performing at a level that i've always wanted to perform in 
you know what I'm saying? And I feel like um, Mighty Healthy is performing at his best. But we both we both have this like uh, like this competitive nature of like, OK, we have to do better. My bad, y'all. We have to do better, you know what I'm saying, than this. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's just a balance, you know what I mean, between like um, knowing that it's the shit and then like knowing that we still have more to go, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would say to sum it up, we just knew we were doing this time, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, King Mighty was the first, because I haven't been doing this for long. King yeah. Mighty is the first project i've ever done with another person and I, I feel doing that and then now coming back i feel like now we actually know what we're doing i mean you know mike has been doing this long i have so he has a better idea but th- this project felt like okay there's two people that really know what they're doing now now the chemistry is even more there you know they're they're mm-hmm. and, and and quite honestly you know that this our skill sets have improved since so it, it, there's definitely that, that, that feeling of urgency. Yeah, no, it's, it's weird. And that's kind of it's like a little bit of an underground hip hop advantage. I was thinking about this. We talk about rabbit versus turtles pace, right? There's so mm-hmm. many times when, uh, and I'm going to use a specific example, but Nas and hip boy do an album King's disease together. And people are like arguing about it. Is this good? It's great. It's terrible. It, and my first reaction, because I'm a creative person, so I'm seeing it from the creative perspective. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know if it's great, but they're having so much fun and they should do another one. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, this yeah. may not be the one, but what if their next one is, is so much better because their chemistry is improved, because they know each other better, because the relationship builds. Uh you know, what if Gangstar had blown up to the point where they couldn't book each other, right? They couldn't be in the same room because they were too, they were living together as like roommates, you know, Guru and Primo. Uh, they could just do it all day. And so the albums feel that way. Um, and yeah, you're right. The first time, and this is the same with like Run the Jewels, whatever you want to list, that first album is just going to be like, this is so much fun, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. period. And the second album is definitely like, crack your knuckles, let's go. We're building something here. Um, so that's, I'm glad, I'm glad you saw it that way. Um, Mighty Healthy, one of the reactions from my co-host, K Diggy, shout out K Diggy. He said, Babylon 5 is the best posse track of the year. <laughs> Loves it. And it, it got me thinking of just the high the high quality of the guest verses on this album. There's only a few, right? But it's not, but they're so high quality. Do you have a favorite guest verse that you got in and you were like, this is amazing? I'll, I'll let the rapper go first. <laughs> um, all right, so to be completely honest, I wasn't really on board with a posse cut mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, you know, so I'm going to just admit that before I like, before Mighty Healthy started talking. I wasn't initially first on board with a posse cut, but then when um, Josiah the Gift came on, I heard his verse. I'm like, okay, cool. 
cool. And then Cannons came on right after him. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, dope. You know what I'm saying? So like as Mighty Healthy was just stubborn about the whole thing, by the way, because like he was like, you sure you don't want this posse cut? You sure? You know? So like, um, you know, as it was building, you know, he got Alex in there uh, and then Tetris in there. You know what I'm saying? And then like, it was just the collection of them, you know, all together, you know, each, let me just say this, like each person, you know what I'm saying? That rapped on that beat. If it was like one of their solo projects, it would have, it would still be as good as Babylon 5 in my humble opinion. You know what I'm saying? But of the fact that all four of them got on board, you know what I'm saying? And efforts, effortlessly killed it you know what i'm saying it was just like all right man you got me mighty healthy let me just let me kill this shit you know what i'm saying so it was just more so like a. it was something that i I didn't i at first i was initially on board but it just warmed up to me because like of how they were like executed you know what i'm saying that's awesome talk to me mighty healthy about this about this process So in general, um, Micah was not aware of any features until the songs happened. Wow. So so, uh, Guilty Simpson was one of the first tracks we did. And it was a I didn't tell him anything. It was uh, so because before we started the project, we're like, yeah, you know, maybe we should probably get some guest features, maybe to shake it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're like, yo, what would you think would make sense? And we would write up names like, ah, okay, that makes sense. That can make sense too. Mm-hmm. And then so Guilty was the first one. Mm-hmm. And and he didn't know that I reached out or did anything. Wow. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, here you go. Have a nice day. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's how it was too. Like, um, and when he said, like, yo, we should do a posse record, the reason why I wasn't on board with it, because I didn't know who would be on it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, you know, me being, you know, Mr. Rapper, man, I'm like, I don't know, G. You know what I'm saying? Like, who's who's all going to be on it, you know? And, you know, so that dynamic was there. Man, I have to tell you, King Micah, we, on uh, on Twitter, shout out the timeline, there's a, a lovely Clint Canadian man, Rohan Petra, who runs this rap music plug podcast. We're talking about Detroit hip-hop and how important Detroit hip-hop is to hip hop, mm-hmm. uh, like when Detroit's up, we're all up, we're all feeling great. Uh, and he said he fell in love with Detroit hip hop through Kelly Chris. He's young, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I've been, you know, I've been going nuts for Detroit hip hop since Guilty Simpson. So, like, he is literally the first name I think of when you say Detroit hip hop. He is the oh. frame of reference point for me. Like he's just kind of the mascot, heart of the region, kind of kind of individual. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, because he's tough as nails, but creative, gone in so many different directions, uh, and just sounds comfortable everywhere. Uh, and and he sounded beautiful on this. It was unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I admire I admire Guilty so much, man, because his voice and his delivery is like colossal. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. So like when like 
when Mighty Healthy gave me hot in here, and uh, mind you, you know what I'm saying? I'm in the blind with who's, you know, the beat and mm-hmm. everything and who's on the beat. But when I heard him like warm up, I'm like, oh shit, dude. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, oh shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, cause you can hear like Godzilla stumping, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when he yeah. when he was approaching the beat, you know, and that's what you get when you get from, you know, a legend like him, you know. So shout out to Guilty, man. Unbelievable. Uh yeah, just like somebody who, yeah, there there, there was a website for a while called The Dirty Mitten that was dedicated mm-hmm. to to Detroit hip hop. And I was just like guilty, like he was the kind of figurehead for me of what that sound was it mighty healthy in terms of babylon 5 i was also thinking because like my first level of understanding hip-hop was just like bars bars who's spitting bars and as i get older i start to realize like there's a real importance to the texture of voices and mixing the texture of voices together and i think that might be the secret sauce that puts babylon 5 over the top is the pure mixture of these different voices yes yeah that that the voices as a producer you have to understand that the mc is the final instrument and your job is to complement that voice and i you know that that's that's partly how that's partly why i reached out who i reached out to and and you know like i i just felt like that combination of voices and then Micah's voice matches perfectly with that song. Right, right. The organizational confidence of Micah, and then you have Alex Ludovico, who sounds like a DC animated series Justice League villain. Like, like they're going to have trouble, <laughs> Ludovico's. Um, yeah, yep. <laughs> it's, uh, and he's on a run this year, too. Uh, shout out to everybody on that. And so yeah, we oh this is good. This is good. So KM2 sounds timeless. It sounds like an album you could drop anywhere uh in time and it would chart, you know. Uh do you have any al did you have any albums in mind as sonic ancestors as inspirations for where you wanted to go? uh yeah a lot yeah um yeah listen man like mad villain you know uh j-lib uh you know every project i i make i make playlists um you know this this would be before the project starts and throughout the project of just like what i'm trying to go for um so you know like i listen to everything many genres made but as far as the rap side like I, I, I wanted to beat Mad Villain. Like in my head, I'm like, mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I'm gonna beat this shit. Like, you know, so it was just yeah, yeah. like, you know, very Doom heavy, very Wu-Tang heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, I was listening to Iron Man a lot. Like I was yep. just, you know, so just 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 all of that world, you know? Yeah, because you know, like well, I felt yeah, like clientele got like a lot of the dominant shine, but a lot of people have gone back to Iron Man and it's beautiful. It's like yeah. perfect. Iron yeah. Man is so good because it's I feel I truly feel it's RZA's best produced album. Cause he was just firing on all cylinders the entire project. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And every yeah. 
every bar is unbelievable. Like everyone's bringing their best work to it. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a time that that you can't replicate. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's awesome. And Doom, it makes sense, especially with Mad Villain was the album with like Meat Grinder and these kind of short cuts with a lot of punch to them that lead into the other cuts and, and it becomes a cohesive thing mm-hmm. in vignettes. And, and that's kind of what happened, right? Yeah, that's yeah. where um, pretty much I got most of my influences from was um, from the Mad Villain album. Um, because like, I wanted it to be like, no matter how long or no matter how short it is, you're still, you still get filled up from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still like, it, I wanted, I wanted the, I wanted the song to be like, it doesn't matter how long or short it is, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, just, uh, just listening to see how like um, MF Doom did it, you know, in Mad Villainy and Operation Doomsday, you know what I'm saying? So it was just, you know, and I'm always like, I've been a big, I've, I've been a big MF Doom fan, but I've like, was rocking him hard when he passed and everything like that so it was just like more so like being influenced by it you know and then also the um the Wu-Tang aspects too you know mm-hmm. like Raekwon uh only built for Cuban links you know was my thing you know what I mean yep. and so it was just yeah those are those were the two albums I was rocking heavy and it's weird people don't i I was always a Raekwon guy. I was always Raekwon first. Uh, and I, famously, people make fun of that I still, I still have a place in my heart for mobilarity. I still, I still keep it right here. Uh, and, but people don't realize he wasn't the guy at that point. Like Everybody kind of picked their teams on Wu-Tang. And there were a lot of people like Method Man's the best rapper alive. Uh, there were a lot of people who were like thought Rizzo was the best rapper in the crew. His delivery was incredible. Uh, so that was the thing know. about Wu Tang. Like they had both commercial success and street success. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like Method Man was the most, you know, successful commercially. You know what I mean? Rizzo even said it himself. Like he had, like, um, he was like a, a thugged out pretty boy so they he put him on songs with mary j blige and shit like that you know yep. but when it came to like you know the the hood rocking you know what i'm saying it was like uh it was iron man you know um only built for cuban links you know as far as back as i remember you know what i'm saying right. and you know to cow album you know as well but more so just you know like rizza knew what he was doing as far as like putting putting each member making sure each member get the light they deserve and that's similar to what mighty healthy does yeah and 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 to also to add, add on to the original question of sonic ancestors um it was very important for me to have a sequel that was better than the first one and although this this the the, the sequel i'm about to mention is not better than the first one i truly feel that cuban links 2 Oh, was no. yeah it's it, it's incredible like yes. it's not the first one right but it's 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 like i already saw it, it's like the godfather one and two of hip-hop yep pyrex vision and like 
so few people could have kept that album in their pocket for like what did he do like eight years or something was he working on that for like eight years he had yeah. it like pocket for like eight years he's like it's coming out it's coming out everybody's like this is gonna be the worst if it does come out it's gonna be the worst because you've had it in your pocket for eight years and he was just stashing gems and like yeah. that's just so hard to do there's so much patience involved um Raekwon's just a pure artist uh, yeah like you know even you know shameless plug I I, I sent him a pack for the third one so we'll we'll We'll, we'll 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 see what happens. I I don't, I don't know, but uh, but not nah, but like House of Flying Daggers. Yep. Ten bricks. Yep. Know. Everything. I mean, and by the way, J Lib wanted to talk about J Lib for a second because when I first heard Champion Sound, I was like, "What is this?" Because I was I wasn't ready for it. They were making a fun album. They wanted to have a fun, up tempo album. The bang, like they didn't want to make you know, the kind of criterion collection, hip hop, like puffed up thing. They were like, no, this is going to be fun. Um, yeah. And that energy is definitely in the production of King Mighty too. Um, we're definitely rocking. You know, there's no question. Right. It's like, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be as ill as it was if, it, if we weren't having fun. You know what I'm saying? Like as, you know, Mighty Healthy through, monkey wrenches to my you know once songwriting patterns and everything like that if i didn't find it as a challenge i wouldn't you know it wouldn't be as good you know what i'm saying and um that's where kind of like the the fearlessness came from as far as like my delivery towards it like it was just like yo mighty healthy i can kill this shit doesn't matter <laughs> like you know what i'm saying so i don't know like uh yeah it, it was just like just the the premise of just having fun, enjoying what you do, you know, um, is what created this, you know. Yeah, it's it's a it seems to be about like finding validity in in it being well done, mm -hmm. well done work. Uh, you know, when somebody would say like, you know, when are you going to get big doing this? When are you get big doing this? Sometimes you would say. I'd say Hey, somewhere there's someone playing a piano in their house beautifully and they're not doing it to sell records. They're just really good at the piano. And that's good enough. Mm -hmm. Like doing it well counts. <laughs> it really Thanks. does. And so, and that's, what's been hard because there has been kind of a stage set publicly where it is, you know, it's kind of converted into the, you know, the MTV's hottest MCs list that they put together every year. Yeah, yeah. they're all told, they're always totally wrong. Like it's insane. Everyone's it's, opinion is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They list because it's like this person's Twitter presence was on fire um, mm -hmm. this year, or they, their Instagrams, or they broke up in public, or you know, it was it's just and they can't rap for damn. If I'm no. gonna be just completely honest, yeah, you know, like can't rap for shit, <laughs> and that's what, and that's kind of like uh, I used to allow that to frustrate me. You know what I'm saying? I used to allow that to like uh, make me feel like you know it's it's pointless or whatever like that. But just getting back to the fun of just being completely unapologetic, 
unapologetically gifted or talented. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, you know, and, you know, I know it's going to be like bruised egos or whatever like that with, you know, um, for those who feel like they're talented, but not as, you know, mm-hmm. but it's just, I don't think about that. Cause again, I'm running my own race. You know what I mean? And like, I, I like if I, if I say I don't like it, it's not because I'm a hater. It's just that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not good, you know, in my right. opinion, you know, but then again, it's just my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, at, at my day job at work, people would say, do you think you're like the best on the team or that? And I would say, this shit is tennis. It's me versus the work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Like I'm, I'm improving and getting better at me. Um, and the fact that I work harder than you doesn't, it doesn't validate or invalidate me. Right. And <laughs> the reason why I'm still going is because I enjoy this shit, you know? Yep. And if, if you, if you don't have personal standards of achievement, then you are subject to everybody else's standards. Mm-hmm. And it gets mm-hmm. really bad. So glad to see that this this was definitely about that and about having the strength of conviction of that. Uh, leading to, this is the question right here. If you could add one attribute to popular rap music, what would it be? For me, it's lyrics. Um, for me, it's not just lyrics, but like substance, you know, I feel that um, popular rap follow like the like cliches. One of them is like rappers using like really used worn out bars. One of the bars that I really <laughs> do not like is when a rapper say I kick it like judo. Ooh, that happens a <laughs> I lot. Mean, happens it a happens lot. a lot. It happens a lot, but like if if you know anything about the martial art, it's about like submission, throws, and grappling. You know, it has <laughs> nothing to do with kicks. So that's like for me in my mind, I it's cringe so at that. Like, <laughs> yo, know, I like when a rapper be like, I kick it like judo. I just like cut this shit off, bro. You don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> you don't know what the fuck he's talking about. You know, that's but awesome. yeah, I would I would remove overly used recycled bars yeah and it was the kick it like judo part was cool for biggie you know what i'm saying right but it's not cool for everybody else Mm -hmm. i i would add myself boom i would (laughs) add myself because the thing is a lot of these guys are talented but for some reason like you know they're just doing what works but like like, you know, I, I was in another interview, like, who would you work with? And, like, I said Drake. And, you know, he seems like, oh, why? But I'm just like, I, I, you know, I would love to see that juxtaposition. Like, same thing with Micah, just, like, this kind of smooth delivery, but just, mm-hmm. like, over that kind of production. So it's just like, I, I, I would have no problem going into that world, but still sounding like myself. And that's a huge, I mean, that must be a huge problem on a Drake level is once you're Drake, people send you Drake type beats. Facts. 
and people are like, and you become like, I, I started to see a little bit locally. I was close enough to see a little bit of it. I was in the poetry scene. I got to see people kind of get local famous a little bit and how it changed the crew dynamics and the entourage changed. And, you know, I'd be, I'd be talking to them like, I'm the last friend you've got that can talk shit to you. Like, I kind of like Mighty Healthy's question because like while I was like trying to take away, remove something, he was just like, I'll just include myself. And yeah, I agree to that point. I agree to that point because if I do include myself, that will then remove the overly used recycled bars. You got it. <laughs> exactly. You, got you it. kick it like Taekwondo. Whoa. <laughs> a lot of right. striking in Taekwondo. Thanks. A lot of striking. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, it's it. My first thought was like clarity of mission. You know, mm. that I, if I could give pop rap something, I'd want everybody to know what they were trying to do. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they do a lot of. Yeah. Time. Yeah. It's just, it's just a lot of, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a lot. It's how, how do I say this? It's just, I don't know. It's just recycling samples. Or Michael said, Micah said, yeah. recycling bars. Um, yeah, it's, wrong. It's fun. It's fun to listen right. to. Like I'm out. Like I don't want to hear me when 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 I go out. Like you know, I want to hear what's fun. Right. But you know, there, there's there's not as much pushing the envelope. It's a lot of safe. A lot of staying safe. It's a lot but, of safe things out there. That's the problem. It's a lot of it's a lot of people doing it to to be safe because that is what's securing they, their bag you know what i'm saying right. nothing wrong with that but at the same time it is something wrong with that yeah, because it, it's it's yeah it's wrong because it becomes forgettable like it's it's dope exactly. today it's dope next week but a couple months down the line they're like oh yeah i forgot that guy did drop that one time <laughs> right yeah right. yeah no it, like it's, an artist well, go ahead. i'm sorry like an artist will come out with like something that's like phenomenal, right? You know what I'm saying? For like their beginning single. And then like the next year to come, they will still make variations of that. And that's what makes it annoying, you know? And yeah. like, you don't see, you don't see the evolution. You just see somebody that's just working a system as best as they can. And part of it is due to like the shitty deals that they may have gotten off the label you know um so it's just a lot of it's a lot of shit that comes that encompasses that yeah no it's it's yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of bad actors in that stuff but and it, i remember having these discussions with friends where they were like hey this panda song this is what you got to do to make it big and i was like but but buddy this guy's going to be gone in like 2 years like nobody nobody's invested in this individual nobody's invested in his growth you know um yeah. and what you know gone like there's it's, it's if you are this is like the album versus single debate of like if you live off singles that's a hard way to live very tough it very it, tough it does depend that there, there is a strategy for it um but you know but if 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 if, if you're the kind of person that makes kind of just this fleeting here today, gone tomorrow music. Yeah, it's difficult. Um, but, but 
but I, I do, I do think, and you know, I, I think that that that's what I'm going to be experimenting with in the future. It's like there, there is a happy medium, you know, there, there is a way to put out, cause you know, nowadays these algorithms and stuff, it, it's really more catered towards singles. And so that's why they do it. Um, but, but, you know, but, but then, but then, then it's a matter of, okay, let's, let, let's make things that'll stay on these playlists and, and not in one ear out the other. And yes, I mean, singles, we, we were talking about it the other way because now it's, there's also, we talked about, there's like a huge divide between popular rap music and underground rap music. And so now I know right. a ton of artists who are incredibly talented, but at making albums that don't have like singles on them, right? That don't have standout bangable tracks. And a standout track like that, a hit, can kind of give a condensed greeting, right? Of like, here's who I am in this one song. Uh, I don't know why this was one that comes to mind, but but Oh Boy by Cameron, like, yeah, that's Cameron, right? Like, he, that's and honestly, it's Bang. honestly, it's like, it's not really, if you listen to like Oh Boy and everything and the lyrics and everything, it's not really a, it's not really a single. It's like a, it's just a, it's, it's a regular, I mean, it's a track, you know what I'm saying? That makes sense to be pushed out because of the beat itself. Right. But they talking greasy on that, you yeah. know, and that's one of my favorite tracks off the right. album, yep. you know, but like, you know, it's catchy, you know what I'm saying? And that's what, that's what a lot of people today, a lot of um, not only just artists, but a lot of industry folks, you know what I'm saying? Today focus on as long as it's catchy, you know, they, it, and it sounds like the kids can sing to it. They have pushed that shit out, you know. And and, yeah. and to add and to add to this, um, th- there is a divide, and one of my goals is to kind of fix that because, on one hand, you have people that can make great projects, but there's no memorable like it's a great project. Like okay, this is cool, but th- there's no. Like it's almost like a lot of people forgot how to make like bangers. Yes. And yeah, you know, it's sometimes just a like that's why sometimes I joke on Twitter, like, oh y'all, y'all, y'all all make like library music and shit. Nah, whatever. But but you know, I, I don't I don't say that to put people down, but there there is a thing. It's like for some reason a lot of us just forgot how to make bangers. And and that that that's something I wanted to make a point of for this project. I, you know, we hot out here was really the only single, but a lot of those songs we could have just put out like Indigenous Gems could have been a single, yeah. like first forty eight. Yeah. You know, you know, first, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, that was I was going to talk to you about uh, runs, great album runs, right? I always we always focus on this, right? When we're doing our weekly discussion show, of like, what is the big run on this album? Like, what is the the craziest this takes over the world uh, run. And I think on King Mighty 1, it was 5 to 10. It was like that ending pocket of, uh, of songs were really special and interesting. And King Mighty 2, the exciting part about King Mighty 2, we talked about, we think it's like 1 through 8. We think it's like starts right off the bat and it keeps going for like to like track 8 or something. where it, It's it's insane. So that's that's really exciting to have because you get cool runs nowadays where you're like, ah, three through six, that was crazy. 
But starting it off right off the bat and just having it be like, what am I listening to? That was the excitement of Mad Money, I think, during that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, her comparison was Run the Jewels. And that's the same way I felt with Run the Jewels. I'm like, because I like I like Killer Mike. I heard Killer Mike. I heard LP. I like LP. But then together, it's like, yo, what is happening here? Like, I've never heard something like this before. Yep. Yep. No, they were activated. I mean, it's and it the the single thing we're talking about the singles, like it's almost like in the pop world, they said if it's catchy, it's gotta be dumb. Right? That's if it's catchy, it's gotta be dumb because it'll sell better. When that's bad logic, because if if the fact that it's catchy is what you need, what do you care whether it's smart or dumb? Let them be smart. <laughs> but it was, yeah, yeah. And then on the other side, the underground was like. The catchy stuff is dumb. I don't want to be mistaken for dumb, so I'm not going to do anything catchy. I'm going to be very serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got people that like work seamlessly through like both paradigms. Like, yep. in my opinion, I would say Kendrick Lamar. You know what I'm saying? Work effortlessly with both catchiness and substance, and the Migos. Like, in my opinion, I think the Migos is, like, one of the, like, today, they have everything. They have lyrics, they have catchy hooks, and they have delivery, you know? Surprise, you know, I mean, and, like, me saying that may be surprising to, like, a lot of underground heads and everything like that, but you got to give credit to where it's due. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was I was going towards the gym bumping, you know, like, some old shit of them, bad and bougie. And shit like that, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because oh, it's just like the continuity of it, you know what I'm saying? It just makes sense, you know. But like, you have some good people, you have some good talent that's in the industry, you know. Like, but that compared to the, um, I guess little, little wisdom tooth, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, just, yeah. That just drop, you know like saying the same thing over and over and over again because the way he's saying it is catchy as shit and his voice is overly auto-tuned to you know be in sync with the melody of the beat and shit get out of here man you know what are we really talking about you know yeah no and and you mentioned in the you know the freshman's freestyles depressing and senile and (laughs) We always have like a show on the XXL freshman freestyle because, or not not the freestyles themselves, but the, the XXL yeah. cover. Because whether it's a good class or a bad class, it always seems to represent where pop rap is in this way. Yeah. You know I, I mean? Yeah, man. If yeah. all of them are junk, that's kind of where we are. Uh, there have been classes that are like, crazy legendary you know uh j-rock and freddie gibbs and just just crazy stuff i kind of i respectfully disagree and here's why here's why you know i'm saying like you have you have people that work in those areas and everything like that that works behind those desks and shit like that they're not really they're not really searching for actual they don't really care for talent you know what I'm saying? If they did, you know, they would have picked up, you know, they probably would have picked up me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Who's to say, right? You know what I mean? But, like, the the past three or four years, it's been lazy, bro. 
Oh, like yeah. they just been oh scout, picking up people who got the most followers, who was the most trending on social media and everything like that. And it's just based off streams that you can honestly pay for. You know what I'm saying? You can honestly pay for your fans, yeah. pay to have fans. Nothing wrong with marketing and investing in yourself. You know what I'm saying? But like, it has to be more than that, right? Right. You know, these people are not talented. And I, I don't care who this offend again, you know what I'm saying? But this is just my humble opinion. Like, that's why, like, you get bars, like, in freshman freestyles, they're depressing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When yeah. you come in from, <laughs> when yeah. you come in from, you know, when you're used to seeing, like, um, when, it, it ain't, it ain't holding shit to the, like, 2010 freshman freestyle. It ain't holding, it ain't holding a candle to anything prior to that. And I'm not trying to sound like an old fossil or anything like that, because the point of the matter is, is that, like, these people that organize these things are not doing their job and like keeping the integrity of what that is. You know, if you're going to freestyle, freestyle, right? Don't get on the mic and be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, man, that's not what freestyling is. Like I'm all for like things moving forward. I'm all for things, you know, um, the culture moving forward, I'm all for that, you know? And again, I don't want to come off like a hater or whatever like right. that. But at the end of the day, you know, there's things, things that started should be continued, you know, or some traditions should be carried like freestyling, you know, being talented. Those things should carry. I would say the last really, really good class and not even really, but like the last solid class to me was 2016. 2016 had, it had Davies, it had G Herbo, it had, it had yeah. Denzel Curry, had 21. Um, I think Kodak. I, I, yeah, I think that, that, that was like the last one. I'm like, okay, yeah. there's, there's a couple suspects one, but, but this one, this, this one was pretty solid. Oh yeah. yeah. 21 Savage, Uzi Vert. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, I was going to say on Bad Bougie, like when I first heard Uzi Vert on that guest feature, just flossing that disgustingly, like the just disgusting level of braggadocio, I was like, that's special. That's, yeah. you need that dude. You need that Trey Young dude that mm -hmm. everyone's like, oh, you know, like you need that dude. So I was like, that's a special dude and you guys should elevate him. Like it's up to the younger generation, right? He, you right. elevate that dude, like uh yeah yeah when he came on i'm like dog okay yeah. you know what i'm saying like i you know like you don't really sometimes i really don't like listen or go for hearing other people you know what i'm saying or actively listen i'm not as active as might be healthy because he you know he always try to stay in the newest trends and everything like that and try to figure out like new talent or whatever like that so me i'm just more so like just to my roots with the music that I already love and enjoy. But when it hits my radar, you know what I'm saying? That's when I like, okay, dive in. So when Bad and Bougie hit my radar, you know what I'm saying? And I heard like Uzi came in, I'm like, okay, dope. I see why people fuck with him. Right. <laughs> like, right. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, no, it's, it's, and, and to, that was honestly one of the things that I love the most about hip hop is like, so I'll go to a hip-hop show and underground dude, Brzezowski, shout out to Brzezowski, 
he used to open like every hip hop show. <laughs> and there'd be times where I wasn't feeling where he was or, you know, whatever. But he comes out and smokes the freestyle and we're all like, oh, you know, like it doesn't yeah. matter whether I like you or not. If you killed right. it, you killed it. And that's that. That's all. I mean, that's what brings people together. You know what I'm saying? I, like hip hop brings people together for that for that very reason, because like, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're good, you're fucking good. You know what I'm saying? And like the thing that is becoming lazy is that you could be trash and still get embraced. That's my problem. <laughs> like that's, that's just my problem. <laughs> I think it's fair. I, I, a theory to test on Mighty Healthy. I got a theory for you. So we have, there, there's a, I, the theory is this, and I think it kind of came from reading a book called The Beatles Killed Rock and Roll Music. It was great. Um, but the, the premise was that when Radiohead becomes big, the problem with what happens is that rock and roll the top tier of rock and roll becomes music the public doesn't understand and so mm -hmm. it becomes disconnected the avant-garde become disconnected from the popular uh audience and rock starts to to die off piece by piece mm -hmm. uh, and he was he was talking about black music is always connected to what is happening and it doesn't, it doesn't get kind of officious in that space. That was that author's opinion. My, my expanded take here is that when we're talking about music that, you know, is growing in the space, hip hop keeps alive and keeps vibrant because of the arguing. Because we yell at each other constantly. If you mm -hmm. listen to the great 90s groups, they're all yelling at each other, talking about how bad rap music is. The Lost Boys are yelling at Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, right? Like, yeah, there was no peace. There never was. Uh, and that's what kept it alive, kept it bubbling. Mm. So, and Rock lost it because everybody was just too nice. Everybody just started being like, yeah, I like these guys. Yeah, I like that. There was no, no one was like, they suck. Get them out of here. I would say, um, to add to that, it's just so you know, when 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 any act of any genre, when they when they you know, when when the corporate interests are aligned and you know, money's behind certain artists and they blow up, you know, it's it's then human nature to say, I want to copy that because that worked, and that's what happens with every genre. and the benefit of this thriving underground is that we don't have that. We don't have gatekeepers. We don't have things. We can own everything ourselves and do everything ourselves. And so, you know, we don't, we don't have to play by that rule book. Right. And, 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 and so that, that is how you fix that problem. Yeah, no, you, you like the industry, the kind of, the kind of industry that was happening in the nineties is, is over, right? Like there aren't, you know, the huge Hype William videos, they're just, nobody, it's not a thing. So yeah. ev everybody's some version of independent now. Uh, and 
we're kind of seeing better cover art. We're kind of, we're seeing there's more choices of great stuff um, out there. If you know, if you're keyed in, you can find really good stuff. Um, but the problem is nobody knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> whenever, whenever yeah, yeah. They, they're like, who are you listening to? I'm like, ah, and they're like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I've never heard. And that's why we run ads. <laughs> yeah. That's where the ads come in. <laughs> that's where the ads come in, for sure. Because that's what like, people ask, like, yo, how'd you do? I'm like, I run ads. That is what a label machine would do. Like, it would right. it'd run ads, you know? Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> some people, like, some, some, some artists may not be as good on like the like as far as like the music wise but they will be the shit as far as like running their own ads yeah. and everything like that you know so and then the vice versa you got really good talent that's out there but they don't know how to do handle the business end of that like running ads it's it's the wild wild west man yeah like, more or less but the other when you talked about drake i've always said Drake is a is a a B level rapper and Don Draper in the same package. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's just a genius at marketing himself. Um, mm-hmm. There was this great uh, hip hop producer at my work who was like, "Nuts!" Nah, there's people behind him that are really propping it up. I'm like, dude, then why aren't all these other cash money people as big? Like, he's not. He is Don Draper and this. T- talent in one place uh, and that's why he is where he is but it takes a lot for an artist to realize they have to start marketing themselves and that that rollout has to be a part of what of the collective design of the art Drake yeah. is really Drake is really good with like rolling out and marketing himself you know what I'm saying like and he's super talented at that you know, like he will release like an EP or anything like that. And then like start the conversation all over again. Mm-hmm. Is Drake the top five of this time? Does Drake write his own lyrics? And, you know, all this, like all this controversy and everything, he whips it and he yep. uses it. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I mean. And on top of that, he talks about it, you know. So that is the genius of right. Drake, you know, and. Like I, I'm, I don't have nothing bad to say about that man, man, because he's like he's he's tried and he's battle tested. You know what I'm right, saying? He's right. tried and true through his career, and this dude is unstoppable. He nobody can stop him, and that is that is the mindset every artist should have. You know, similar. Yeah, and and you know, again, like my stance is I don't like everything he does. You know. I don't, I don't like a lot of things that he does, but for me, when it's time to rap, he does he does a good job. And for me, like that 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 that's all you really need to to for me, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's fair. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's interesting because there's just so many. Yeah, there's a lot of people with like I remember when people would be like Kendrick Lamar is the best rapper alive, and I would say he's got the best team. Yeah. Of anyone, uh, I I. I thought, you know, at that time, I was like, you know, there's, there's Ka, there's Rock Marcy, there's all these great people out there. But 
the team that he had around him helping people understand his vision was mm-hmm. was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. And they didn't even know. I wore a TDE sweatshirt to work for years. Nobody knew what it was, and they were asking me what it was, and they were Kendrick fans. You know, they didn't, they couldn't, they didn't connect. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, like it all comes in part of like having a team that believes the same thing that you believe, and that's what makes it believable. You know what I mean? Some yeah. people, for some teams or whatever, or for some artists, sometimes that belief isn't true. But you could tell Kendrick Lamar is who he say he is coming out of Compton. Yep. Because not only you hear it in his lyrics, you hear it through his belief system of that team. You know? Yes. Like, you, you know what you're getting when it comes to, like, when, you, when it comes to an artist at that level of... Um, of who they're around and how they're planning on rolling this person out and everything, or how they're rolling themselves out, you know? Yeah. And and maybe that's one of the advantages of the way the current business is set up. Yes. Mm -hmm. You're going to be independent for a while. You're going to put out a lot of albums where no one knows who you are. And then you're going to get people who discover you and love you like you're new, even though you've been here for years, that's annoying. Mm -hmm. But if you've done it for years, you have the advantage of those years, right? Like right. Schoolboy Q has albums most people have never heard. Absol has albums people have ne- most people have never heard that are great. And Soundwave and Tay the Beast were working their sound through those to where they are now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a snowball effect because like the people that, you know, that's now here in King Mighty 2, I'm sure they went back to our back catalog and was like, you know, who was, who was Mighty Healthy? You know what I'm right. saying? Let me hear bad ideas. Oh man, he's been on this level since prior right. to this, you know? And then like, it's it kind of come in full circle to that urgency you're talking about, you know, because everybody that loves hip hop or whatever, always want to be up to date on the newest shit. Totally. You know, so when they hear like me rapping over it, they're going to look at like my back catalog. Like, how did I did? How did I not know this guy? You know what I'm saying? Right. Since he started, you know, so and, and, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead, bro. And, and, and so to tie in your original point, that's why albums are important, because now when we have something new, they go back to all the back catalog. And, you know, it, because the music, the kind of music we make, you're going to sit and listen to the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and so, you know, that, that's why having these projects are important. You know, obviously the initial buzz, the initial reaction is great. But what's also important is that, you know, 5, 10, 15 years from now, you know, they, they'll find like this interview. And like, oh, yeah, those guys seem kind of good. I heard embellishment one time. And then they go back like, oh, I didn't know they even made a second one. And, oh, there's right. another one. Oh, there's this beat tape. There's this other album. He was on this song. You know, that, that's why all that back catalog is important. Yeah. No, and, and the sports metaphor is always like the name's hard to say in, until you're that good. You know, 
If yeah. you watch early game footage, the commentators were calling him Brett Favre, you know. <laughs> but when, when the yards started stacking up, they they nailed that name. Oh, Brett uh, Favre. <laughs> and it, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's you know, you become good enough, they figure out how to say your name. Um, and that King Mighty Two is that is that level where the first step I always felt like was. I got to listen to you and never forget your name. Mm-hmm. So that when your next shit comes out, I'm like, oh, that's fucking, I'm taking that. Right? Yep. And the mindset, the mindset is like every, every album or every single, anything that an artist put out, that should be their anticipation. You know, that's what they should like, what want for the first time listeners to, to feel. You know, I'm like, oh, I got to listen to this shit, you know? Yeah. And shout out to you for building the King Mighty 2 website. Um, Appreciate it. Through there. Um, because, the, yeah, some of the stuff, the band camp bubbles the is going to burst at some point. The mm-hmm. vinyl stuff, it's going to burst at some point. Running your own shop through your own space uh, in an organized fashion is just... Yeah, it's, it's, it's organized, it's professional, it's a very clean site. I, I, I do have a tech background. This is what I do when I'm not doing this. Um, and, you know, to me, that, that's important. I, I wanted to make sure that people can get vinyl on demand. You know, a lot of these people, they, they got to wait, you know, eight months. And oh, it's, coming yeah. from, it's coming from Czech Republic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they got to wait eight months or it never comes, but they pay $200. Right, you know, like the other uh, a couple weeks ago, I had an order ship out to Japan, like, and that was no problem, you know that, yeah. like that. So just, just also, just the business side to me is important to just make making sure everything's clean, professional, you know, easy to access, easy to yep. access. Yep. Because you know, even though this is not a label, like we are an operation still, like this is a business. This is right. so this it, it needs to be up to par. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's it. it it all makes sense. And, you know, of those three albums we talked about, the Navy Blue, the Pray for Haiti, and King Mighty 2, yours was the only album that after the first listen, or sorry, during the first listen, I bought merch. Oh, nice. Appreciate that's, it. That's how hardcore that was. I was like, at, at track six, like on the site. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so it was, you know, one of those it's just an exciting it's an exciting ride and it'll be interesting to see the next one because you have that notion that like your your project should be 30 percent different from your last project something mm-hmm. to that effect of like you don't want to lose what you learned right you still want to bring that to bear but you don't want to keep making the same shit so there's got to be like a 30% movement change in the flavor. Um, so I, I can't wait to see what that, what that is or, you know, what works out. Yeah, man. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. We, yeah, we, we, we already started talking about, about the third one and, and kind of what that would look like and find out on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Boom. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with it. No, that's, that's, most of my questions, the just wanted to, 
you know, keep a geek squad. In other words, I'm all about tech support. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you for oh, man. Having this incredible uh, project and, and uh, keeping things moving and challenging the market. You know, uh, it's a, it is a weird market. I mean, it was like, it still weirds me out that people are on the internet saying Ransom is my favorite rapper. And I'm like, I've been listening to Ransom for years. And yeah. none of them were talking about him. Like yeah. years. He's been he's been a mixtape like Hall of Famer for years. And now he's the guy. Uh for it, it's it's and it's because he found the right relationships, right? He right, found exactly. and that set him off in a perfect space. And you guys are very lucky to have found this relationship, right? Mm-hmm. Because some artists just you know, it doesn't fit and they just kind of live in the inertia. So I'm, I'm very happy for it. I'm very excited for your progress. Uh, Kingmighty2.com Buy the stuff. All the stuff. We got All good stuff. stuff. Yep. Hats, CDs, from the slides to the glass joints, vinyls. You can get yep. a bucket hat. Get a bucket yeah. hat. Although bucket. the black the black ones are sold out, but you can get the white ones. Get a bucket hat. Watch, watch white men can't jump in your King KM2 bucket hat. And be thankful for Rosie Perez and the career of Rosie Perez. That's what I'll say. That, those are my last <laughs> words. You guys have anything? Um I'll let you go first, producer man. Yeah, man. Uh, Mighty Healthy Music on Instagram. Mighty Healthy underscore on Twitter. KingMighty2.com. Buy all the stuff. Problem is good. The best rap sequel ever. And that's it. Incredible. That's a good, that's a good closure right there. Let me see if I can, (laughs) let me see if I can follow up. Yeah. Um, At KingMicahInf on Twitter. They wouldn't let me finish out the rest of Infamous. Um, at King Micah Infamous on Instagram, and then also you can find me on uh through all streaming platforms, King Micah the Infamous. But it's just best to go to KingMighty2.com because it will lead you to the both of us. That's awesome. Yeah, if you're uh, Premies Empire people, follow me, keep stay with me. The next four weeks of State of the Game are booked up. I've got amazing people that will be here talking about wild shit. Uh, and more guests are lining up for the for these conversations. And I just can't wait for it. So it's a very exciting time to, to put rap in your ear holes. Stay with us.